Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. Well, just as you make your way back in this morning, it's really great to have you with us at Community and... Is. You'll uh, see across the front here this large kind of blue pool and a little different than usual. Uh, we have water baptism and we're doing it this year. We decided to try something a little different. We're going to do them all in one session. Normally we do a few in each session, but uh, we're kind of having one specific session uh, of water baptism in our next service, so in our 11.30 session. So normally we would say all the services are the exact same, and so pick one, uh, Thursday or the three on Sunday, the four different sessions on the weekend. But this week, we'd actually even invite you to come back to our fourth session, our our 11.30 session this morning, as we celebrate with uh, seven or eight people who are being baptized in water this morning. If you have never been baptized in water and wanna be baptized in water, there's still time for you. And so you can do that this morning. I forgot one announcement this morning, uh, and I just wanted to check with Michelle about it. We've been uh, journeying with the family. This is kind of how we reach out at community. So there's been a family who had some major, major tragedy, and um, there was a son who passed away and who has three young children. And um, the uh, children have basically gone to live with their great-grandma. And so great-grandma and great-grandpa are taking care of three kids. It's a, you can imagine, just not an easy situation. And so we're trying to lean in and help where we can. One of the things is that they have to clean out the uh, deceased man's apartment and and do a whole clean-out. And great-grandma is trying to care for three little kids and, like, at max capacity. And so they've asked us if we would come and help out with that. So if you'd like to say, you know what, I'd want to... You know, it's not an easy job. It's not a clean job. It's not an, but that's just kind of what we do at community is stuff like that. And so if you'd like to help out with that this week, we need to do it this week before uh, the beginning of the month. Uh, you can see Pastor Michelle this morning and uh, lend a hand just as we kind of are the hands and feet of Christ lived out. Uh, uh, it's just throughout the week we can go anytime. So talk to Michelle. She'll give you the details on that. Thanks, Gary, for us clarifying that. Well, we started a series last week, just a little mini-series before we move into our Christmas time, talking about kind of a transportation of faith, moving from one area in our lives to the next. And last week, we started with this idea of uh, getting on track and dealing with some of the derailers in our lives. And, and so many times, you know, we're, we're on route to something and we get derailed. We, you know, kind of the, the quote-unquote train wreck of life, if you will, and, and moments when we, we get off track. And, and we looked at how to stay on track in our lives. This morning, I want to look at the idea, um, and we, we touched on this song on oceans, this idea of stepping out into a spot of faith in our lives. And so many times God calls us out of the comfortable and out of what's easy to a spot of stepping out and to trust in him in a greater way. This idea of getting out of the boat, so to speak. One of the most famous passages of all in scripture is this this passage that we're going to look at this morning, Matthew's gospel, chapter 14. And we look at, you know, when Jesus walks out on the water and then calls Peter uh, out to him. 
You know, as I looked through my notes, I've never preached on this passage uh, at uh, community ever. And so I preached on it before, but never at community. And all the time here, I was like, wow, can't believe. Like, well, this is a pretty popular uh, passage of Scripture, pretty meaningful. And to think I've never preached on it. So this morning, I was like, oh, we got to talk about that. Getting out of the boat. How many people have ever fallen out of a boat before? Uh, you know, uh, we've all had moments... Uh, as a family, we used to like to go canoeing, and we would all fit in one canoe. My kids were fairly small, and we would go along, and we would canoe down, oftentimes the Nith River, uh, from my dad's place down to the Grand River in Paris. And, and as we were going down there, my dog would like to come. Now, my dog is a Portuguese water dog. Now, I would suggest to you, if you're canoeing, don't canoe with a Portuguese water dog. They, uh, their name is fitting. They love the water. And so our dog would be in the canoe, and everything would be fine. And then all of a sudden, you know, he'd see some bird or something that he liked more than staying with us, and whoosh, he'd jump out and, you know, r rattle the canoe. And then the, that was okay. You could survive that one. But then he would decide that he needed to get back into the canoe, and he'd swim over and then the kids are like, save the dog, save the dog. And, and I'm like, he can swim. And, and they're like, no, save the dog. And he'd put his paws up on the side and all of his weight. And then the kids would put all of their weight that way as well, trying to pull him up and whoosh. And everything would be wet and we'd all be wet. And I'd be like, that dog, you know. You have moments when God calls you to get out of the boat. Before we get into scripture this morning, we always get you talking a little bit at your table. So I'll have you move around. Sit with somebody who looks like they're nautical this morning. We're going to do a little nautical uh, uh, kind of quiz this morning. Here's what we're going to do. So uh, this was a little McLean's kind of thing. And so I need you to name this morning. I'll give you uh, 30 seconds or so. The top 15 most famous boats as told by Canadians. So they're not necessarily Canadian boats, but Canadian uh, that Canadians thought of. So they're either real in movies, in books, in songs, or, uh, or the like. So 15 boats that you can name, ships, boats from Canadians. Go. See how you did on our little boat uh, quiz this morning. Okay, number one, um, these are famous boats that Canadians can name. Number one, the Santa Maria. You remember, uh, sailed the ocean blue in 1492, Christopher Columbus's boat. Uh, we just had American Thanksgiving this week, so you should be able to come up with the second one, the Mayflower. Uh, Mayflower, pretty famous boat. Uh, number three, if you've watched the Pirates of the Caribbean, the Black Pearl. The Black Pearl, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow's boat. Uh, number four, if you've ever looked at a dime in Canada, the, the Blue Nose, pretty famous uh, uh, Canadian uh, ship. Um, also, number five is very Canadiana. It's, uh, so if you know Gordon Lightfoot songs, it's the Edmund Fitzgerald, you know, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Uh, number six, the Titanic. Uh, this one will date you a little bit. It'll say the generation. Uh, from Gilligan's Island, the SS Minnow, the SS Minnow. Uh, number eight, we are in church, so you should be able to get this one. Noah's Ark, the Ark. Uh, number nine... Uh, this one's a little bit more historical. The USS Constitution, also known as Old Ironsides, famous uh, uh, boat from um, Civil War times. Uh, number 10, once again, a little bit of an old movie, uh, 1975 movie, Jaws. The, the, the ship's called the Orca, so if you had Jaws boat, you, we'll give you that one. Remember, he eats the back of it out there. Uh, number 11, the Queen Mary. 
Number 12, once again, famous uh, battleship, German battleship called the Bismarck. Uh, number 13, I didn't know the name of this one, but I've read the, mo or read the book. Um, Herman Melville, uh, Moby Dick uh, from Captain Ahab. And the ship is called the Pequod. And so I didn't... Uh, number 14, if you've ever been to Hawaii and you've been to uh, Pearl Harbor out on the USS Arizona and you've walked out there, pretty uh, solemn kind of place, the USS Arizona, number 14. And number 15, a good Hamiltonian should be able to get this one. And so the HMCS Haida uh, also stored in uh, Toronto and then Nova Scotia. It's the last uh, surviving uh, destroyer from Canadian uh, wartime. Okay, tally up how many you did our little ship quiz this morning. How many people got at least three? You got at least three, four, five, six, seven, eight. How many did you guys get back there? Anyone beat eight? A couple of people got eight. Give them a hand this morning. Our captain. Okay, we're talking this morning about taking a step of faith and kind of getting out of the boat and getting out of the comfort zone of what God would have for us, just before we look in his word, talk about a time maybe in your own life that you had to take, you know, a step of faith, that you, you know, kind of maybe it was career-wise, maybe it was relationship-wise, maybe that you had to kind of take a step of, uh, of courage or unknown in your life, and kind of what went into that. Talk about it at your tables or with those beside you. Go ahead. Stepping out of our comfort zone. So many of you have had to take steps of faith and trust, moments when it's like, oh, it doesn't seem clear on the other side, moments when you're stepping into not necessarily a solid footing, but instead stepping into a spot of trusting in God. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14, and we read this story of the walking on the water, the stepping out in faith, if you will. Just to give you the context and the history of what's going on, so Jesus has been ministering here, and it's been a long day of ministry. In fact, one of the longest days of ministry the disciples have experienced, they, they were ministering, and Jesus was going, and, and finally the disciples come to Jesus and say, Jesus, you need to, like, shut her down. You've been speaking too long. You know, you need to send the people away. Uh, we, they need to go back to their villages and their homes and get food. We have nothing here to feed them. And Jesus said, well, what do we have here? And they said, well, we got nothing. And, and there was like 5,000 people plus. They didn't, even, they didn't even in those days really count kids in the, in the equation. So there's, there's like a heap of people there. And they came up with a few fish and like five loaves of bread, little loaves. And Jesus says, okay, we're going to keep on teaching. And he feeds them in this incredible way. They've been going hard all day. And Jesus, I love how Jesus, uh, he's always counter what we would probably do in society. So Jesus always picks a different way. And so, you know, at the point of him feeding the 5,000, they were so pumped that the crowd actually said, make him king. You know, we want to overthrow. We want to have a coup with the government. We want to overthrow the Romans. Make him king. And Jesus is like, instead of riding the popularity wave and playing to the crowd and, and like taking the adulation and making it, Jesus always thins the crowd. He always pushes back the fame. And Jesus says to his disciples, okay, disciples, you're not going to get out of the crowd because it's like mayhem here. There's so many people. You need to get in a boat 
go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. They're on the, they're on the shore. And then he himself, instead, he pushes the disciples ahead into the boat, and then he goes into the hills, into the mountains to pray. And so it said that the disciples, the Sea of Galilee, it's not a long ways across, surrounded by mountains, so it was susceptible to lots of quick storms. Rarely would a storm last any length of time there. It was usually, you know, kind of quick in and out kind of storms. You know what, when you go to Florida and they say, hey, if you don't like the weather, wait like five minutes and it'll change, you know what I mean? This is kind of Sea of Galilee. It was susceptible to big, huge storms, but they would only last a short amount of time. So around 8 o'clock, the storm picks up and it starts to rage and it's this crazy storm. In fact, it says that God put the wind against them. Hmm. That messes with me a little bit. See, sometimes we go in life and we think that every time that we get the wind against us, so to speak, every time that it's difficult, every time that it's hard, oh, it must not be of God. But sometimes it is. And sometimes it's challenging. And as Mark's gospel records, the wind was against, they're, they're pushing and, and as they're paddling, they're, they've been going all day and it's been hard, it's been difficult. And it just keeps coming. And this storm doesn't come and, and pass quickly. In fact, this storm just keeps, just lingers. And the storm is crazy and the storm is wild. And it says it wasn't until the fourth watch, until like somewhere between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Jesus walks out to them. They're tired. They're wet. Frustrated and scared. And there they see this figure out on the, on the water. Now remember, they've just seen the craziest miracle, like an absolute insane, beyond like ability to speak of miracle with this feeding of the 5,000. And so you would think they're like primed for miracle action, but, but instead they freak out and they see this figure and they think it's a ghost and they, they call out and Jesus' first words, I just love it, have courage. Have courage, don't be afraid. Verse 27, as Jesus immediately said to them, I like that, he doesn't take time. Take courage, don't be afraid, it's I. And then verse 28, this is where it's neat. Peter responds, now if you or I are in a storm and in a, in a challenging moment, our first kind of often, if you're like me anyways, my first response to God is, God, change the circumstance. God, change the Change the circumstance of what's going on. See, my prayers, God, stop the storm. God, stop all the trouble that I'm, make it easy for me. But I love Peter's prayer. See, instead, Peter says, Lord, if it's you, call me to come to you. His prayer is one of, God, what's your command to me in the midst of the storm? That changes everything. God, in the midst of the storm, God, when I'm going through this, God, my first prayer isn't just change the circumstance. My first prayer is, God, what's your command to me in the midst of the storm? What are you telling me to do in the midst of this storm? And Jesus says to Peter to come. And all the rest of the disciples freaking out. Peter, I just love his enthusiasm as he hops out. In this crazy moment of like, you know, how many, how many videos have you seen kind of talking about walking on water or mocking walking on water? A few years ago, you remember that beer commercial where he walked out on water? But Peter, as he begins to walk and he's looking at Jesus, all of a sudden, 
He gets his eyes off. And immediately it says he began to sink. And I love this, that he's in proximity, close enough to Jesus. Jesus reaches down. And Peter's prayer, I love Peter's prayer here. The shortest prayer recorded in all of Scripture. Three words. Lord, save me! Lord, save me in the midst of this. It's not some eloquent kind of King Jamesy kind of sounding poetic prayer. It's not some, you know, Southern Baptist gospel kind of, you know, like real go for it long prayer. No, it's just simple. Lord, save me. So many times we overcomplicate things and just in simplicity, we need to call out to God. And immediately God responds as Jesus picks him up. Now, this is what I love. I love that the storm doesn't stop there. That Jesus actually gives Peter a second chance. And it says that him and Peter, he doesn't pick Peter up and carry him. He reaches out and pulls him up. And then they walk in the midst of the storm back to the boat. And it says as they jumped into the boat, as they got into the boat, it was at that moment, the storm ceases. And the disciples, for the very first time in Scripture, they remember, they've just seen an incredible miracle. But for the very first time, the disciples say, this is the Messiah. For the first time, they get it. And they say, whoa, this is big. Is God calling you out of your comfort zone? Is he calling you to take a step? Is he calling you to kind of into uncharted waters of life? Is he calling you to step out into some areas of trust in him? William Carey says this, great uh, a missionary, famous missionary. He said, expect great things from God, but also attempt great things for God. That it's not something that we just say, okay, it's not this dead kind of passive, but it's actually as we live it out, as we take those steps of faith, as we trust in him. Faith is so rare, but religion is so common. People love to just tell me the rules. Tell me what I need to do. And God calls us to a relationship of trusting in him and walking and stepping out with what he would have for us. Hebrews 11:6 6 says this, and without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. This idea of reward in faith, actually the first time of any mention of reward in scripture it's not about what you do, it's around the idea of faith. And constantly in scripture, this linkage of, of God has great reward as we walk in faith, as we trust in him. James 2.17 says, in the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. So if you say, hey, I got lots of faith, but I'm unwilling to do anything about that, if I'm not unwilling to put it into gear in my life, then it says, listen, yeah, it's really... It's not faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we're a people. We walk by faith, not by sight. In other words, we don't look and say, okay, let's just evaluate life by, you know, return on investment, charts and numbers and what we can get. But no, instead, we, we, we are a people that said, okay, God, you're bigger than all of that. God, your ways are different than the ways of this world. Lord, you say give, it actually increases my bottom line. Lord, you say when I love more, I actually return love back. Lord, you say that when I become the least, that's when I become the greatest. We walk by faith, not by sight. Luke 1, 37 says, for nothing, nothing, nothing 
And this story is one of those stories where it's like, whoa, this is beyond what I could even fathom. Nothing's impossible with God. Yes. <laughs> is God calling you to take a step of faith? Is God calling you to step out into some areas of unknown in your life? Is God calling you to, to kind of push the boundaries of what you feel comfortable or where you've been existing in life right now and to take a faith step? How do we do it? There's a few different ways that we can, uh, from this story that I see about taking a faith step in our lives. Number one, if we're going to take a faith step in our lives, uh, we have to stay focused. You know, this story messes with me because... It was a long time. Jesus doesn't come immediately to them. In fact, it was like the last watch of the night. Like hope was almost gone. They're tired. They've been going with the longest day of ministry that they've had thus far. Where they even said to Jesus, can you stop teaching? Like send them away. And it's on this time that God chooses to, to send them out and, and to have them trust in the midst of it. You know, it's easy to lose focus when we're tired. It's easy to lose focus in the midst of impossibilities. It's easy to lose focus in the midst of trials. I want to encourage you to keep your eyes on him. To stay focused and say, okay, God, what do you have? They just experienced this incredible miracle Yet just a few hours later, their focus wanes. And that's, uh, I get that, because that's me most of the time. God does this incredible thing, and I'm like, whoa, squirrel. And I lose focus, you know. I remember one time, Carl and I, we were snorkeling. And this is uh, pre-kids, so this is a while ago. And, and um, we were at the, down in Florida Keys. And so we are right down, right near the end of the Florida Keys. And, and we went out on this little, uh, it was maybe 10 miles off, offshore. Uh, it was a little reef that was out there. And, and so we took this catamaran and, and we went out. We were all excited. And I love, I love like ocean stuff. I love diving, snorkeling, all that kind of thing. And, and so we got out there. And Carla is not really one, she's not like a maritimer. She, she doesn't like, she gets seasick really easily. And so we get out there and we'd ask them ahead of time. They said, oh, don't worry, it's going to be fine. But we got out on this catamaran and then the guy was giving us instructions and it was like really rocky. And Carla's like, I'm not feeling good, not feeling good. And I'm like, oh, it'll be fine once you get in the water. Not true. It wasn't. And so as soon as she gets in the water, as soon as we get, there was one ladder on this catamaran. There's maybe 10 or 15 people on the charter, and, and we, we get into the water, and Carla's like, I'm really not feeling good. And I'm like, oh, just give it a second. It'll be good. And she started to be sick. Now, if you've ever snorkeled with somebody who throws up, it's awesome to watch. <laughs> as soon as she started to throw up, this is kind of gross, but hey, uh, as soon as she started to throw up, like, a bazillion fish just like <laughs> descended upon her. It was like, whoosh, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And I'm like looking at all the fish, but it's like they're trying to jump in her mouth. It's just, ah. Oh. But the thing was, what was crazy is all these fish, like literally like a bazillion fish. But some of them had stuff that when they touched you, they would sting you. And so Carla's getting stung and she's like, ah. And she's freaking out and she's sick and then they just keep coming more and more and more. 
She's like, get me out of here. And I'm, I'm like, oh, okay, but this is awesome. No, just and, and so I, I go to the ladder and try and get her to the ladder. And on the ladder is this lady, and she's a big girl, like a really big girl. And this lady is on the ladder, and she's frozen with fear. And she, I said, get off the ladder! And she's like, no, I... I can't, she said, I can't look down, I'm afraid. And I'm like, get off the ladder now! And she's like, I can't, I can't, I'm frozen. And I'm like, get off the ladder! And Carla's like, save me! And you know, there's fish are all here stinging her. And so I shimmy up the back of the catamaran and I'm like, get off the ladder! And the lady's like, I can't, I can't go in. And then she fell into the water. Mysteriously. (laughs) Sometimes in life, we are going through life and we're on the ladder. And we're freaking out and we're afraid. And there's people in peril all around us. And we're completely oblivious to those who are crying out to those who are getting stung by life, to those who are getting hurt, to those who are crazy things going on. And we're just, we're, I'm afraid, I'm not moving, I'm not moving, I'm not moving. And God's saying, just focus on me. Stop focusing on your fear. Stop focusing on those things that are holding you back. Stop focusing on your trials. Stop focusing on yourself and begin to get your eyes on me and everything will become clear. It's easy to focus on our tiredness. It's easy to focus on our trials. It's easy to focus on the impossibilities and the fears over our lives. But when we begin to stay focused on him, it changes. Stay focused. Number two is we got to learn to trust him. This story really is about saying, okay, God, it's not about no faith. It's about little faith sometimes. And really, it's a matter of learning to trust him. Learning to say, okay, God, I don't understand it all right now. It's learning to say, okay, God, I trust you that I won't sink. See, the promise of God over our lives is that he's with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. His promise is that you're not going to sink. But yet so many times, all I can think about is sinking. His promise is that miracles are still possible. They just experienced like this incredible, amazing miracle, and yet trust him that miracles in your life are still possible. Trust him that there's purpose and growth that happens in the midst of the storm. See, if you're like me, you get in the midst of the storm and you're like, this sucks. Oops. And you can lose track of the purpose of the storms. Don't waste your pain. Don't waste in the midst of the hardship. Say, okay, Lord, what, what, are you, what are you commanding me to do in the midst of this? Don't just change the circumstance, but God, what are you commanding me to do? God, what's your orders? What's your purpose? What's your mission for me in the midst of the storm? This past week, I was, um, uh, last Sunday night, actually, I was preaching at a church in Stratford, which is not far from here. It's just by Kitchener. And um, 
we, it was kind of like our refresh nights here, a long time of prayer. And, and I just felt like the Lord say, you need to have people pray for healing. And it was specifically around people that had been praying for a long time and maybe just given up, you know. And at first, there was a couple people get into line to pray. And, and then there was like a bunch of people. And it took a while. In fact, you know, I, I was almost like, I said I'd pray for each person. And then there was like a long line and, and a, like a half hour goes by. And, and I'm still praying for people. And I'm like, well, it's kind of long, but just kept going. And, and then just near the end, I see, just as I was about to finish, this guy comes over and he's, he, you know, he's got the kind of hobble walk. And you can see he's sheepish, and I just prayed. And it, to be honest with you, my, it was like near the end, and I'd been praying for everybody, and it was a quick prayer. Lord, heal him. <laughs> and he begins to weep. And he comes to the front, and he's like, you know, two or three minutes later, he comes to the front, and he's like, he was the last person we prayed for. And he's like, can I give a testimony? I'm sure, you know, and... And he said, I had a double hip transplant years ago, or transplant, like uh, replacement. replacement, that's the word. And he'd had this double hip replacement, and he said, you know, it went fine for the first few years, and then things, you know, just, it wore out. And he said, and I've been in chronic pain. He said, I haven't been able to work. He said, I can hardly move. And he said, I just, I'm in chronic pain all the time. He said, and I just don't know. He said, I've almost given up praying about it. He said, tonight, and as he does one of these, he's like, and he starts to jump. He's like, I haven't been able to do this, he said, in six years. He said, the pain is gone. He's like, and he starts crying. He's like, God, like miracle. Sometimes it's easy, even if we've seen God move in the past, to forget that he's the God of miracles still. That in the midst of the storm, that he has plan and purpose over your life. Trust in him. 1 Corinthians 6, 16, 13 says, be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be people of courage. Be strong. Trust in him, folks. Stay focused. Trust in him. And then third, engage in action. The step out of the boat is sometimes the most difficult step to make as Peter says, Lord, okay, I'm not just asking you to change the circumstances. What's my mission? And God says, take a step towards me. And sometimes in the midst of it, God's calling you to take that courageous step. If you're like me, the first step usually is the hardest. If you're like me, taking that. And God's calling you to take a step. Some of you have been praying, God, change my job situation but you haven't taken a step. Some of you have been praying, God, change my relationship situation, but you've never taken a step. Some of you have been praying and saying, God, you know, change my financial situation, but you've never taken a step. And God's calling you today to engage. A bunch of years ago, I've used this story before, but um, some of you bought me, I think because you love me, but maybe because you don't. Um, a gift certificate to go skydiving for Christmas. And it was about this time of year, I was shooting my mouth off about taking steps of faith. I remember it. And, and you guys all like, woo! And I remember gathering around and laughing at me as you gave me this gift. And, and then I had to do it. And I remember getting up in the airplane and, and you know, flying out there. And the guy said, okay, 
Jason, the hardest thing to do is just take the first step. And I'm like, yeah, no kidding. And, and as we get out on the edge of the plane and, and I can see the ground below and he said, okay, when the time comes, they're going to give us the signal and, and you have to go when I say to take the step. Because he said, if you don't, you know, the plane's traveling at a higher rate of speed than you think. And he said, you'll be m like miles away from the jump zone if you don't jump when I say go. And he's like, trust me, it's not that hard. Just take the first step. And I'm like, oh, it's hard. And in life, sometimes that first step, oh, it's so hard. But it opens up a whole array of possibilities and excitement and adventure. See, Peter didn't fail here. He was the only guy that got out of the boat. And I bet you, I bet you, the rest of those 11 disciples, there's probably a reason that it's not recorded in any of the other writings. <laughs> you know, John's like, oh, wish I would have done that. Let's leave that story out. But I will bet you they wish that they would have taken that step. Engage in action, and then finally this morning, persist. You know, this story isn't about, you know, so many times it's about Peter's lack of faith. Wasn't that Peter lacked faith? He got out of the boat. It was really an issue of the duration of faith. And some of you, you know, you've taken that step, but, but the word of God has been there and you've listened to the word of God, but the wave has wiped out the word all over your life. And once again, you need to be reminded, okay, I, 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 got, I got to trust in him. And I love, I love, I love that Jesus picks him up and he doesn't stop the storm, but he walks back and he says, okay, I'm going to give you a second chance here, buddy. You have a little faith. Keep on going. Remember in scripture when it says, you know, that when Jesus went into his hometown, he could do no miracles because there was no faith. This is a very different word than what he uses here when he says, you have little faith. Remember what he says later. He says, if you have faith, even the size of a mustard seed, you can talk to this mountain and say, move, and it'll be done. In other words, little faith accomplishes huge things. And as he walks back with Peter back, I bet you Peter's walk on the back is like a little strut. He's like, whoa, oh yeah, I got this. Persevere. Have you given up? Have you maybe been the guy or the girl that's, you know, at one time in your life taking those radical steps, but a wave has come and wiped out the word that God spoke over your life? And today you need to be reminded. He'll pick you back up. The second chance is there. And he wants you to take that step of faith. Can we take a moment and pray this morning? Carla's just going to come. We sang this song earlier in the service, and it's just, it's based out of this passage of Scripture. And it's really around the idea of, will you trust God when it's beyond what you can order your world in, when it's past, you know, how you can, you know, connect the dots and do everything in your power, will you take that next step and, and, and just push a little bit beyond so that you go beyond your comfort zone to say, God, I'm going to trust you 
Maybe you're the one you've taken those steps and the waves wiped out the word over your life and you need to say, okay, God, my faith is little right now, but it's still there. You know, I love, Paul writes, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And how many times is that my prayer over my life? God, I know you can do it, and God, I've seen you do it, but God, right now, today, God, I want to challenge you to take a new step of faith over your life. Challenge you out beyond the boat. Can we sing the song together this morning, and maybe just process that in your life? And this morning, just, if we can take a moment and pray, God, I just... I pray over each one today, God, that you would help us this week to, to, to walk with our eyes focused on you. God, to have a trust in you that you actually love us, you know what's best for us, God, and that you are with us, that miracles are possible. And that mighty God, we would be able to take that step of faith. And, and Lord, for those who have maybe done that, but, but perseverance has, has the waves wiped them out. Lord, that you would... Re- Remind them and of that word. And that your grace just keeps going. That second chances are there. In your name, Lord, we pray. This morning, Carlos is going to sing this through a few more times. And I'm just going to invite maybe a few of our prayer leaders across the front this morning. And, and um, as they're across the front, if you're going through some, you just need to take that step or you just need to have someone pray with you as you're, you're contemplating that step. We'd love to pray with you this morning. Here's your homework. And the take home, you, you actually have to self-fund your take home this morning. It's a little different than usual. So here's what I want you, everyone to do is find a dime this week. And if you look on the back of a dime, there's a little boat that looks somewhat similar to this. And I want you to put that dime in front of you this week and just be praying, Lord, help me to get out of the boat. Help me to just, help me this week to trust you and take that step. Would you do that this week? Just kind of set that dime in front of you, maybe on the dash of your car or on your kitchen table for the week and see what God will do. Carlos is going to continue to sing. Lord, go with each one. Help us to take steps of faith in you, we pray in your name. Amen. If you'd like prayer this morning, we'd love to pray with you. Be blessed as you go, folks. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.